Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Last Friday in 2022. How about them apples? This year has gone by super fast. I got good news and bad news. The bad news is that I already recorded this entire podcast, and for some reason, the recording didn't work. The good news is that I'm recording it again, and hopefully it'll be a lot more crisp and well-rehearsed based on the fact that it didn't record the first time. There you go. So today what I thought would be fun is to do a reflection on 2022. I'll share my reflections and I will prompt you to do reflections for yourself. So if you are sitting and you want to take notes on this or journal on it, you are absolutely encouraged to. That's great. Uh, But if you're taking a walk and you just want to pause and reflect on each point that I bring up, then that's great too. The idea here is just to bring into awareness how the flow of 2022 was for you. So with that reflection, you can make a more informed goal for 2023. At the end of this podcast, I will share my 2023 goals that I set for myself and then proceed to rip through all of them because they were ridiculous. And I think that through that process, you might be able to see some areas where you can tweak and refine your own goals. Because What I want for you this year is to set goals that will be complete by the end of the year because we are done making the same goal every year over and over again. And speaking of goal setting, this is the last weekend to sign up for my 2023 goal setting party that I'm hosting on Monday evening at 6 p.m. Central on Zoom. So this is a live and interactive session where we're going to walk through the process of setting goals that we will actually follow through on based on some self-assessments. Now, because there's a little bit of pre-work required, it's really important that if you are going to join this session that you do so before, let's say, Sunday night assuming you have a little bit of time on Monday to complete the work prior to the session. And of course, if you can't be there live, everything will be recorded. So you can go through the whole process after the fact, but I would love to have your energy there on Zoom as we create our goals and set this year off on the right note. And with that, let's get into today's reflections. So let's jump right into what went well for you in 2022. So when you think about that, sometimes I think it's helpful to break it down into different areas. So family, health, work, money, finances, home, those sort of things. What worked really well for you in 22 and what stands out as the best things that went well? Personally for me, I would say that my business went really well, better than expected, but I talked about that last week, so I won't get into it too much. I would say that my mental and physical wellness routines went really well, walking, sleeping, journaling, meditating. And I find that the more I focus on those and just pay attention to them, the better they do. I say that my marriage went really well this year, which is a weird thing to say. You have your ups and downs in marriage, and we will be married for 15 years in this coming year. And I think that this year we really bonded over rescuing dogs together and fostering dogs. We bonded over losing one of our dogs. It's just been a couple of years where we've spent a lot of time together and at home, and we've gotten into a rhythm of working out how that works for us. And I would also say that this year, my overall productivity went really well. And I think that the reason why I was able to be so productive was that 
I figured out how to do a planning system that worked for me. And I cannot go on and on about that enough because it is so important to have that structure. And one thing I wrote down here as a note to that was I can do most things as long as I can remember what they are. I bet I'm not the only one who can relate to that. So if you haven't yet, take a minute or two, pause the podcast, but make sure to come back. Don't get distracted and think about what went well for you this year. Moving on, what didn't go well for you in 2022? And I had to make sure that I didn't get down a rabbit hole in this one because I'm really prolific when it comes to thinking about things that didn't go right. I don't know about you. For me, I didn't see my friends enough. And I wouldn't say that I made enough new friends that are local. Uh, I made a lot of new friends and connections this year through coaching, uh, either clients or fellow coaches, because I had school the majority of this year. So I met a lot of like-minded people, and that was awesome. And it was great to connect with people that I just felt like they would get me and I would get them, and I did. And I get that immediately with my clients, because usually they come to me as listeners from the podcast or YouTube. So they already know that they jive with me, and usually that takes the pressure off of meeting somebody new, and it's really easy to connect with somebody that way. So I've been grateful for that. However, I did not see my near and dears, my ride or dies, my old friends enough. Not at all. And that was something that did not go well this year. My nightly routine did not go well this year. Usually my nights end up on the couch, watching Netflix, snacking on something, sipping on something, hanging out with my husband and our dogs. And it's great. I love that area of my night. But if I'm only doing that for an hour. It's totally fine. But if you know, we get involved in a show and we watch a couple of episodes, the more I'm on the couch watching TV, the more I'm eating and the more I'm drinking. And that can be something that I wake up in the morning and regret, as I'm sure you can relate. So I need to figure out how to limit the mindless consumption, both of watching what I shouldn't be watching or watching too much of what I shouldn't be watching or eating or drinking and just be more mindful of how I'm setting myself up for a good sleep because sleep is so important to me. The other last thing that did not go well this year was vacation time. I, If you've been around here for a minute, then you know that we went to New Mexico in uh, the summer and immediately had to turn around and drive all the way back because uh, we almost lost our pug. We were surprised to learn that she had a heart problem and that she could not be at elevation. And then after that, we were limited to only going to places where there was no elevation. And that made us book a trip to uh, South Padre Island in October. And I don't have a lot of good things to say about South Padre Island. It was just, it was a nothing burger. So that was not a great trip. We ended up leaving a day early. We did have a great trip in Florida at the beginning of the year for my husband's birthday. But the next two trips were not awesome. So that's what I would say did not go well this year. Now, in terms of next year, what is it? based on what you just reflected on, and I hope you took some time to reflect on what didn't go well too, what do you want to do differently next year in light of that? So pause and take a minute to think about what you want to do differently. Personally, I want to prioritize travel because I want to have better experiences this year. I want to prioritize asynchronous business growth. I think I've talked about that before because meetings give me anxiety. And I want to create better boundaries. Without getting into too much detail there, I really learned that I have very porous boundaries and it does impact my relationships, not because of any fault of the people around me, but because of the way I show up 
as an overgiver and then feel resentful. And I say yes to too many things because I want to people please because I have poor boundaries. And then I feel resentful. And all of this drama is happening inside of me and the people around me that I'm interacting with or that I'm in relationship with have no idea it's even happening and it's not their fault. It's 100% me and I need to fix that. So that is will probably be uh, a topic for more therapy in 2023. Moving on. What things can you think of? Things meaning actual objects or routines, systems, even maybe people, which we would not call a thing. But what helped you have a great year in 2022? What helped you be your best self or helped you avoid being your worst? <laughs> Personally, my routines helped me be my best self. And those were really grounded in notion. I learned just over the Christmas holidays when yeah, I wasn't coming into my office to come to work every day, when I wasn't doing that, the act of coming into my office and turning on my computer, I was not really following any sort of plan for my day, which is a good thing when it's holidays. But then when I try to transition back into my work routine, I've fallen off the wagon in terms of what my steps are. And I realized that the first step when I come into my office has to be that I turn on my computer and I turn on my Notion. Because when I turn on my Notion software, I see what my day looks like. I see my calendar commitments. I see my to-dos and I get right to it. Whereas if I don't pull up Notion first, I pull up my email and I get lost in that. And then the next thing I'm off shopping somewhere or I'm on a social media site and three hours have passed and I'm wondering what the heck I'm doing with my life. But if I remember to pull up Notion first, that doesn't happen. So those are the type of things that I think are super important for ADHD to just have rock solid routines that's going to help you be your best self. To that end, also something that really helped me in 2022, 2022, was having structure. And for me, that meant showing up for my classes. That was really important. For some reason, that did not give me anxiety, mostly because it wasn't a performative meeting where I needed to show up and do something. I just need to show up and be a passive student. And that was really helpful for me. I also was a part of a group coaching program where I was like a participant. And I also didn't have to do anything for those uh, meetings as well. I just showed up I did it. And on those days when it was first thing in the morning, the rest of my day went a lot better. So that's something that I need to create more of in the new year. The other piece of structure that really worked well for me was having deadlines that weren't self-imposed. If I create a deadline for myself, I will ignore it, forget about it, doesn't matter. But the deadlines that I create that are public facing are really important to me. So um, getting a podcast up uh, on a Friday and getting a YouTube video up on a Friday and getting an email out on a Sunday, those are public facing. And if you don't see them happen, you probably aren't even thinking about it. But for me, I'm like, oh my God, I have reneged publicly and I've failed publicly and I can't have that happen. So those kind of structures have done really well for me this year. And I would encourage you to think about any kind of structure that you can build for yourself that will have that same powerful effect. Two other things that helped me this year. Number one was getting on hormone medication and thyroid medication because hot flashes are a bitch. And I have Hashimoto's and that is a new thing for me. And medications truly helped fix that. And then the last thing was just podcasts and YouTube. L listening to other people's podcasts, watching YouTube and other creators. I've learned so much this year. Imagine the power of being able to put earbuds in, go for a walk and learn something new, a new idea that changes your perspective or the way you approach your business or your relationships. Podcasts are so powerful and YouTube is so powerful. Contrast that to Instagram, where when I turn on 
Instagram, I am usually like being bombarded with somebody's sales or somebody's highlight reel. I just, I have a poor relationship with Instagram. And for me, that means that I need to spend less time on it. Now, the problem there is that I do building relationships on Instagram. So I don't really like creating content. And I don't even like looking at a lot of the content because I can't stand looking at people pointing up bubbles and dancing. I don't know. I've done it once or twice. It doesn't feel good. And I don't enjoy seeing other people do it either. To me, that just says spend less time on Instagram, spend more time on listening to podcasts and consuming YouTube videos. I hope that something in there inspired some reflection for you as well in terms of what helped you this year that you might want to bring forward into 2023. The next question to reflect on, what drained your energy this year? I can say without a doubt, the three things that drain my energy were having too many appointments on my calendar. I've talked about that ad nauseum. Going to conferences, I used to love conferences, but this year, not so much. Being in like hotel conference rooms with no air and no light, being in hermetically sealed conference hotel rooms, like not a thing at all. And the other thing that, and the other thing that drained my energy was just my own anxious thoughts, rumination, negative thoughts, which are some completely self-inflicted. But I bet a lot of you are nodding your head that your own head trash <laughs> was really the cause of a lot of drained energy this year. Moving on, because I don't like to dwell on that. What were your best moments this year? What makes you put your hand to your heart and just say, oh, this was certainly the best moment? For me, watching my dog bounce back from almost losing her, coming back from New Mexico, like I'm so grateful we still have her. The feedback that I've gotten from my podcast and my YouTube channel has been tremendous. Man, I had a girl just reach out to me in on my Instagram DMs the other day saying, hey, I'm listening to your podcast right now and I just want you to know that I think you're doing a really good job and you're my business hero. And oh my God, it almost brought tears to my eyes. That really means a lot to me. When somebody goes out of their way to tell you something positive, it's just, it means the world. So thank you. I think you know who you are. <laughs> and yeah, and thank to everybody who's left an encouraging comment. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And the other thing that has been like a highlight is seeing clients make changes. When I'm working one-on-one -on -one with somebody and they realize, have an aha moment around a limiting belief and how it's impacting them from moving forward or just letting go of something, like you actually see their face change. And then you see their attitudes and behaviors change moving forward. And that is a really cool thing to see. It makes me feel amazing and it makes them feel amazing. So that's definitely a highlight. What moving on, and I don't want to spend too much time on this one because nobody needs to dwell on this too much. <laughs> but what were your lowest moments of 2022? For me, it was definitely losing Jack, one of our dogs. We uh, rescued him when he was 14 and we lost him when he was 16. So we had about 18 months with him total and they were the best 18 months. That little man just brought me so much joy. But it was his time uh, this past March and it broke my heart, but I don't regret a minute of having him in my life for the short time we had him. And my lowest moments other than that were when my anxiety was at its worst. Those were my moments that... I felt my loneliest and felt like purposeless. And those are not great moments. So we all have them, it's the human condition, but they, I guess I could feel grateful that they're self-imposed as opposed to, but without those low moments or those feelings of feeling low, it, it makes the highs. But I don't love those moments, but they're part of the human experience. And 
They're a part of life. And the beautiful thing about low moments is that they're the contrast to the highs, right? If everything was amazing all the time, then everything would be neutral. But because we have low moments, we also have high moments. So got to be grateful for those low moments. Moving on, and based on what you've reflected on to this point, what are you most grateful for this year? Take a moment to just think about what has been the thing that brings you the most gratitude. For me, it's my dogs, my husband, and my old friends, my old ride or dies that know me well. There's just something about knowing people and having friends that you've had for years. It's comforting, especially when you move to a new area, you really realize how important long-term relationships are. Once you've reflected on that, think about what you're most longing for as we move into the new year. What is the thing that's on your heart the most for this year ahead? For me, it's definitely good times with old friends, more connections with like-minded people, new, making new friends, and just new environments, new experiences. I work at home. I live at home, so I'm at home a lot. So getting out and being in new places and experiencing new things is not only good for my, whole, my soul, it fills my cup, but it also helps with my creativity. So the last piece of this are lessons learned. I would encourage you to pause and think about some of the lessons that you've learned this year. And when you've done that, come back and listen to some of the lessons that I've learned that are very universal and that might help inform your goal setting for 2023. So the first lesson I learned is that the brain does what it wants. And that very often, especially when it comes to goal setting, we choose things that we want to achieve but that we don't actually want to do. So I like using the analogy of a marathon. I have personally put running a marathon on my goal list a number of times, and I have yet <laughs> to run that marathon. And truth be told, I probably never. Why? Because I like the idea of running a marathon. I like the idea of having said that I've run a marathon. I like the idea of saying I'm a marathon runner, but getting up and doing long runs, nope. No thanks. And this is because my brain doesn't want to do those runs. My brain's number one job is to keep me alive and preserve energy. What is running a marathon? <laughs> it is expending energy and putting yourself in potential danger of, I don't know, being hit by a car or breaking your leg. So I'm not suggesting you shouldn't choose to want to do a marathon, but you have to really want to do the work of the marathon. This is the whole idea of it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. So whatever goals that you pick going forward, make sure that the journey is something that your brain is signing up for too, or else it's going to be a slog the entire time and you probably won't do it. The next lesson I've learned is that it is pointless to belabor decisions that can be equally beneficial because the true outcome has more to do with what you do with the decision you make. So let me unpack that. Let's say that you have the choice between two options and both options have, you know, a balance of negatives and positives. Let's say you equally liked law and medicine and you wanted to choose one path over the other and you were belaboring this. And it can be any choice, but if you're an ADHDer, you're probably paralyzed by it. It can be paralyzing to make choices. And that comes from a fear of making the wrong decision about screwing up about FOMO, there's a lot of emotion behind it, about regret, all of these things that we feel so hard. So I would encourage you to 
figure out the obvious. Are the decisions somewhat equal? If they're not equal, if one is clearly the best option, then it shouldn't be something you're belaboring. But usually you're belaboring it because both options could be potentially good or bad. And this is what I want to say to you. None of us have a crystal ball. So you can't know in advance whether a decision is a good one or a bad one unless it's obvious. For example, if it's between marrying man number one and man number two, yes, like you are going to marry one of those men and that might be in the long term the right decision or the wrong decision. But you're not going to know that for uh, the next 40 years. So the only thing that you can control is making a decision in the moment, assuming that you're making the most obviously correct decision. And if both options are great, then it's more important that you make the decision and then show up every day having the best marriage you can, show up being the best partner you can, and that will have a lot more impact on you having a good marriage at the end of 40 years than belaboring a decision that you can't possibly know the outcome to because you don't have a crystal ball. So if there's something that you are really stressed about right now that you're pouring way too much energy into thinking about, I do this in my business all the time. Should I focus on this or should I focus on that? Should I do this one or should I do that one? Should I pick this or that? And the reality is that either or both can be good. It's what you do after you decide. So I hope that's helpful to you. It certainly was when I heard that great advice. The next lesson learned, be really clear on what matters most because life is an ongoing barrage of sparkly distractions. I will say that the one thing I've learned coaching ADHD clients this year is that usually they know what is important, but the problem is that they can't prioritize it because everything is important. Prioritization is something that we require our executive function to help us with. So if you don't have access to it, then it becomes really hard to constantly keep prioritizing what matters over everything else because everything feels equally important. So when that happens, you just keep adding more and more things to your plate. You can't reflectively say no to new opportunities or no to new ideas or anything like that because you're not practicing prioritization in the moment. The other thing is that when things that matter get hard, we are more likely to either distract ourselves by not focusing on it, by focusing on something else. So setting up boundaries around what matters, deciding what matters, putting structures in place to maintain momentum on what matters and setting up boundaries around yourself so that you can't drop what matters is so important. And I heard a really good trick around this. Let's say what matters to you is doing something for work. And let's say that you have a long deadline on it. You keep pushing it off and pushing it off, but you shouldn't because you're gonna get input from other people and you need to collaborate. So getting started now is important, right? but you can't because it feels ambiguous or hard or you just don't want to get started or you don't know where to start. So you keep putting it off and putting it off. So you do a whole bunch of other productive things instead, like you answer emails and you do this other thing and you go help somebody else. But all the while, this you know project becomes more and more of a cognitive load and something that you're worried about because you're not getting started on it. One trick you can do for yourself is say to yourself, okay, I have to do this thing for the next three hours. If I don't do it, that's fine. I can just sit here, but I cannot do anything else. I need to sit here and stare at my computer with this assignment in front of me and just do nothing. It's either do nothing or do the thing, but I cannot do anything else. That's actually you going toe-to-toe -to -toe with your brain and saying no. 
whether or not you like to do this thing, we're going to do it. And if you are not willing to do it with me, then we're just going to sit here like a little potato for the next three hours. I can't force you to do the thing, but I can force my body to sit here and not do anything else. And you'll be surprised that your brain will actually start to be like, okay, fine. And then you'll do the thing. You may not finish it, but you will do the thing. So that's a little mind trick that I learned that I think is really powerful. Haven't used it yet because I just learned it the other day, but super powerful. And two more lessons that I've learned that I think are universal. Number one, managing your nervous system. That's the key to managing your ADHD and anxiety every day. So meds are great. Therapy's great. Coaching's great. But if you are constantly in a state of fight or flight, then you're not accessing your prefrontal cortex, which means you're not accessing all of those areas of your brain that you need to function as a human being. You are living from the limbic area of your brain, which is emotional centers. That's why you tend to feel a lot more impulsive and reactive and regret a lot more. It's coming from your nervous system. You need to learn your personal nervous system and understand what brings it into rest or digest, brings it into the moment so you can access your prefrontal cortex and live a healthier life. Because the other thing to know is that if your nervous system is constantly jacked and pumping out cortisol and adrenaline, then that can lead to a lot of negative health consequences over time. So definitely learn how to manage your nervous system. I'll talk a lot more about that in 2023, but it is so important. And the last thing, lesson learned, I've been practicing all this year and has really helped me. Less is more, simple is better, both in terms of your home environment, your work environment, the things that you spend money on, the things that you focus on. If you're an entrepreneur, this is incredibly important because every time something isn't working, we add more to our plate and we hope that fixes the first thing. But all it does is increase the amount of things that we need to focus on and concentrate on which increases cognitive load, which increases overwhelm and burnout. Less is more is the mantra that I would most love you to put on your arms or legs or forehead as a tattoo. Less is more, less is more. It really does, I don't know, just make everything a lot easier and it will help you manage your anxiety if you're an anxious person as I am. So with all of that said, let's turn our attention to 2023. And we'll jump into goals in a second, but I would love for you to pause and think about your predictions for this year ahead. Think about where you see yourself at the end of this year. So this is before you've set any goals or anything like that. Where do you see your financial situation? What do you predict is going to happen at work? How are things going to go with your family life, with your friends? How do you predict your health is going to look at the end of the year? What do you predict is going to happen in this year? And whatever comes to mind, do you feel good about it or, or not? I will tell you when I played this little game, I, my mind immediately went to the negative. Even though optimism is one of my highest strengths and hope is one of my highest strengths, I had a hard time making predictions that weren't to the negative. And that's just my brain wiring and that is what it is. I did come up with one prediction and that was that I will see more growth in 2023 in my business by doubling down on one thing as opposed to doing a bunch of different things. And to that end, once you've done your predictions for the year, take a minute to just think about those predictions and consider how they influence the goals that you want to set for yourself this year if that's something that you're going to do. And I am setting goals. I have set goals. And I have then since 
like completely change them once I reflected on everything I scripted out for this podcast today. So let's rip my 2023 goals apart, shall we? First of all, I set five goals for myself. I did this a couple of days ago. The first one was to make $50,000 in passive revenue in 2023. Now, passive revenue in my business looks like uh, revenue from anything where I create once and then it generates revenue thereafter indefinitely is what I call passive revenue. In 2022, my first year, full year in business, 25,000 in passive revenue. Now that's a piece of my business, but it's certainly not uh, the whole kit and caboodle. There's a lot of different places where revenue comes in. This is the area that is going to align most to my highest value of freedom and flexibility if I can increase it, right? So originally I thought, let's aim for 100,000 in passive revenue this year. And then I talked myself out of that goal because when I actually broke it down into what would that mean month over month, it felt a little too overwhelming and out of reach. So I knocked it down to 50. And I don't know why I picked these sort of whole numbers, but 50 makes a lot more sense because it's double what I made last year. And I think that's very doable. Fine, whatever. Number two, I wanted to do 200 hours of one-on-one coaching in 2023. Now, 200 hours was picked intentionally because it checks a box in terms of the steps that I need to take to get a master certified coach accreditation with the International Coaching Federation. So I was thinking about box checking. I was thinking about that goal and how what I want to have achieved. But when I actually thought about the process, the journey, and whether or not my brain wanted to show up for 200 one-on-one calls, it was a hell no. What was I thinking? I just finished talking about how appointments give me anxiety and how I want to give myself more freedom in 2023. And now I'm setting myself a goal for 200 hours of coaching, one-on-one coaching. That's 14 hours of one-on-one coaching per month, I think, somewhere around there. I'm not good at math on the fly, but that's a lot. That is actually a lot. I am not going to change that goal. I'm going to completely get rid of it because I don't want to set a goal for how many hours I achieve in 2023 because that's me looking at that box that I need to check. And I need to realize that even though I would like to have that accreditation and that would be a feel good thing, the effort to get there in a condensed amount of time is not worth it. It's going to make me miserable. It's going to make me hate coaching. I actually love coaching. I just want to keep it limited. So I'm going to continue doing as many coaching hours this in the new year as I did in this year. And I'm going to be cool with that. And if it takes me an extra year or two to get my master's credential, totally fine. So I took care of that goal entirely. The next goal was to read 24 books, which I mean, it's fine. It's cool. It's great. The problem with the goal is that, first of all, I don't really care. If I don't read 24 books in 2023, I don't care. It's not going to make or break me as a person. It's, if I read 24 books, it's not going to make me a different person because I read books anyways. The reason that I said this is that I want to spend less time on Instagram next year. So I thought reading would be a more constructive use of downtime, which is right, which is absolutely right. So I got myself a Speechify membership and started listening to more books. I still listen to audiobooks as well. And I will reach that. That's a dumb goal. I, I find if I pick goals that are things I'm going to hit anyways, then what's the point? The next goal I had was to retile the bathroom. And 
my bathroom, my master bathroom really needs to, it needs a revamp. It needs a facelift. It's needed it since we moved into the house, but we had the Rona and then a lack of materials, lack of construction people. It's been a bit of a journey. So I've been punting it and punting it. But here's the thing. Retiling the bathroom is going to make me feel good. Yeah, it's going to be great. And it's also going to add to the value of my home when we sell it. But is that going to make me grow as a person? Does that light me up and move me in a new direction? Absolutely not. In retrospect, retiling the bathroom is not a goal. It's a project. It's an important one, but it is not a goal because it is in no way going to mold and shape the quality of my life outside of the quality of the showers that I take. And then the last one was to take two big trips in 2023. Now, the first big trip is actually planned. We're spending at least six weeks away this winter maybe more. So that's already on the books and we're leaving in a couple of weeks. So then all I have to do is plan the next trip and it's done. Just pack a bikini and go. Now, I'm not saying that travel is a bad goal. Absolutely not. But it's something that's well within my means right now, both financially and from a time perspective. So it's not something that I need to push or grow or extend myself in order to achieve. So I say that to encourage you when you look at your goal for 2023, ensure that not only is it something that it's aligned to you know, what your brain wants and that it matters to you and that you actually want to go through the process of doing whatever it is you have to do to achieve it. But I also hope that you're choosing something that is going to stretch you a little bit into a new direction that you are interested in going in. Because as likely as we are to poop out on goals that get hard, <laughs> we're also likely to poop out on goals that get boring. And goals that aren't aspirational in some way can get boring very quickly. So I hope that was helpful. And I hope you take some of the lessons that I learned along with the reflections that you have created for yourself and dream up something that you truly want for yourself in 2023 and know that with the right structure and boundaries and even accountability in some cases, you can follow through on it. So I wish that for you. And if there's any way I can help, either through coaching or through my program, Distraction Action, I hope that you explore those as potential options to support you on your journey to making the life that you want to live in 2023. And on that note, guys, happy new year. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the holiday and I'll see you in 2023. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.